You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. All right, it's so good to have you here in church. We are super excited this week to launch another new series. And we're going to be, uh, in fact, we're, we're launching a new term as we've come out of Easter. We're now on the ramp up to, I'm going to say it, summer. And especially we've got the sunshine on order today. How good is it seeing the sun? Anyone enjoy yesterday? Man, that was amazing to be reunited after so, so long. Where have you been? And uh, apparently it's raining tomorrow, but we won't talk about that. So really for us as Audacious Church, our summer is all about us as a church connecting, building on our relationships, building strong and wide and uh, giving us the time and space to make sure that we connect with one another. So I want to encourage you, Uh, over the next few months as we look over to the summer. Just who can you invite to lunch on a Sunday? Who can you have round in the week? Get your barbecue out. Meshach loves a barbecue and has already started the barbecue off. So if you want a good barbecue, apparently Meshach's place is, that's where to go. And uh, so there'll be loads of time for that. And uh, we're going to look at Uh, Just over this next four weeks, we're going to be talking about the story of the Good Samaritan that Jesus told. And uh, the story is all about going beyond yourself. And we want to think about that we don't just live for ourselves and uh, to be consumed by our own needs, but we should look to the needs of others. Matthew 28, 19 to 20, the Great Commission is to go into all the world to make disciples to baptise people in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and to teach them to obey everything that we've commanded. Who knows, that's not just a commission for the pastors, that's a commission for every single one of us. Every one of us have been commissioned by God to go into our worlds and to make disciples. And so we wanna look over the next four weeks about how every single one of us can make a difference in somebody's life. How we can all disciple someone else. We can all connect someone else. We can all value someone else. We can all invite someone else to lunch. We can all build our friendships beyond our own life. And so we believe that's a commission from God. There's people in your world that we think, right, over the next few weeks, how can we expand our table? Who can we invite to our house that we've maybe never invited before? And we can start to widen our friendships because Jesus commissioned every single one of us in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's get into Luke chapter 10 and we're going to give you some context to Jesus' story on the Good Samaritan. We're going to look from verse 25 down to verse 37. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the, lawyer, in the law, a lawyer, stood up to test Jesus. That's a bad idea. Do not recommend that. Testing Jesus. Teacher, he asked, 
What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? Who's our neighbour? Every single one of us can, we know we live next door to somebody. Pastor Glynn's already talked about this room is not a ceremony. This is a house. And so our neighbour is not just who we live next to, but it's who we do life with. Our neighbours can be in this house. Our neighbours can be the people that live next to us. Our neighbours are the people that we do work with. The neighbours are the people that you see on the school playground. And Jesus goes on in verse number 30. He says, a man, he tells a story to answer that question. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by robbers and they stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. Thank God for that. And yet when the, when the priest saw the man, he passed by on the other side. <laughs> so too a Levite, praise God. When he came to the place where the man was and Yet he saw him and he also took no pity on him. <clears throat> Verse 33, and then a Samaritan, as he travelled, came to where he was and yet he saw him, but this time he took pity on him. And so he went over to him. Say, he crossed over. Come on, louder. He crossed over. The Samaritan went over to him and he bandaged his wounds, poured on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey in his car. He brought him to the inn. He took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, look after him. He said, when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you've had. I'll pay his health insurance which of these three do you think was the neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? And the expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, in this situation, in this account, this story, don't do as the priest did, don't do as the Levite did, go and do as the Samaritan did. Go and do likewise. This is what we're called to do. Every single one of us Jesus telling this story is a demonstration that we should be people who cross the road. That we go over to where there's need, where there's hurt people, where there's people that you see, that we should, our hearts should go out to our neighbours and that we should be the people that do something about it. We're going to pray quickly and then we'll get right into it. God, we just thank you. Every one of us is called to be solutions to our world. Thank you, God, that we have many people around our lives. Would you open our eyes and even more importantly, open our hearts that we would be the people that cross over in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, I think I've found what comes very close 
to hell on earth. I know that's a big statement. It was close to being the movie I went to last week, which I can't even remember the name of it. There was a blue person in it. The the whole movie was around this chimp that they were trying to save or something, a raccoon. Gardens of the Galaxy. Oh my goodness. Volume three. My My idea of hell is watching that movie on repeat for eternity. Unbelievable. But just one step above that is have you ever been recently to a service station? Honestly. I mean, you know my navigation challenges in service stations. Like the signage is shocking. I can never find my way around a service station. But when you go to service stations, it's just like rubbish everywhere. Like the bins, people have have decided I am not going to use that bin. I'm just going to find another space to put my rubbish. The toilets, anyone? I mean, if you want to use the toilets in a service station, God bless you. We are praying for you that you return alive. Service stations are like the compound interest of people making a decision. This is not my responsibility. It's just like every single person just walks in and decides I'm going to make as much mess as physically and humanly possible before I leave this place, right? It is every person not taking any responsibility. But the truth is we all have a tendency in our lives in different areas not to take responsibility. That we make a decision in certain areas that this is somebody else. Somebody else should be tidying up. Somebody else should be doing this. I'm just going to make as much mess and I'm not going to think about it. We have different areas where it might not be that you're being lazy or even being just, you know, rude. But there's other reasons why you don't take responsibility. It may be that you feel like you're too busy in certain areas of life not to make an impact. It could be that you don't feel that you have the right solution for the things that you see, the needs that you see. And so you decide, I'm not going to do anything about it because what can I do anyway? But every one of us has different areas in the world that we would look at, recognise is in need, but we don't do anything about it. It's it's part of us in our flesh nature that we decide we are not going to take responsibility. But Jesus teaches us through this story that every one of us can cross over the road and we can do something. Though every one of us is busy and maybe we don't have everything that the person needs, but every one of us can take responsibility and we can cross over. And we want to speak about that over the next few weeks about why did the Christian cross the road? Why should we make a decision in every need that we see and for every person that we're going to make a decision not to ignore, not to walk away, not to shift the blame, not to think we don't have any solutions, but to to say, I can do something with what I see. Because the danger, if we don't, is that nobody does anything. 
And we've been given the commission of God. We've been given the same power that rose Christ from the dead to be solutions to our world, to be solutions to the problems that we see. And so if we've been given everything that we need for life and godliness, every single one of us can cross over the road. Come on, say, we cross over. We're gonna look at the example of Jesus in 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what the love of God is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us and we ought to, say we ought to. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters in the house. If anyone has material possessions and seen it's a brother or sister in need, yet has no pity on them, How can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us love with word, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. We ought, say we ought, we ought to lay down our lives. The first thing, if we're going to be the people that cross over the road, that step in and make solutions where we see problems is we've got to have commitment, commitment. We ought to. Did you, did you feel the, the, the empowerment in that? You, you feel the urgency in that? The, the writer saying, come on, we ought to. We ought to do something. There's a commitment that we should have today. Maybe there's no need presenting itself right now, but today we make a decision. I'm going to commit to crossing over. It's much like when you take your kids, not my kids, they're perfect, but your kids on a long journey, you're not waiting for problems to arise. Before you leave the door, what's the last thing every parent says? Have you been to the toilet? And you say it at least 15 times to each one of your siblings, their children. Have you been to the toilet? Yeah, your wife. <laughs> wow. <laughs> can tell Pastor Soph's not here today. <laughs> but you say to all the children, have you been to the toilet? No, look at me in the eyes. Have you actually been? Go. You're prepared because you don't want to stop 15 times on the way. On the 10 minutes it takes to get to church. You also got snacks on snacks. I mean, the first realm of snacks that you collect, you know all the kids are going to be, they normally eat them, but not this day. They're going to be, those are terrible snacks. They are not the ones we want. And so you got to get a second whole layer of snacks, snacks on snacks. Because every parent recognises if we're going to go on any travel, we need to be prepared. We need to commit because we know they're going to be saying after five minutes, are we, are we nearly there yet? You've got to commit. You see, commitment happens not on the road. Commitment happens before you leave on your travels. And we have to make a decision today in the house that when we leave the house, we're going to make a difference. So we commit today. We make a decision today that we are going to cross the road. Romans 12 verse 1 says, I urge you, you ought to, 
I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What's that? It's commitment that today we lay down our lives for everyone. This is your true and proper act of worship. Pastor Glenn told us last week in the King's coronation, you may have seen it on TV, and that he was welcomed in the name of the King of Kings. And King Charles replied, in his name and after his example, I come not to be served, but to serve. This is Jesus' example in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, that we should do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves. Look around the church, look around the house. Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships, this term in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, He was God, yet He didn't consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. advantage. Rather, He made Himself Nothing. We ought to. I urge you to, to make yourself nothing. The strongest thing you can do in your life is to lay your life down. The most powerful thing you can do is make a decision, a commitment today to serve other people. Though you make a decision every Sunday, I'm going to serve someone today. Every day you go to the office, you make a decision. I'm going to lay my life down for my co-workers today. When you leave the house, you make a decision. I'm going to serve others today. This is the example of Jesus Christ who made His decision to become nothing, to take on the nature of a servant being made in human likeness and to be found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is our call from God that we should lay our lives down on behalf of others. But today, you've got to make a decision. You've got to commit. Second thing is you must have compassion. You've got to make a decision, commitment. And third, secondly, you've got to have compassion. Verse 17 of 1 John 3 says, if anyone has material possessions, sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, has no pity on them, doesn't feel anything, has no compassion for them. We just see and turn away. How can the love of God be in that person? Strong words. See, the problem is every single one of us, we, we see need all the time. We see the news and the news bombards us with the problems in the world, situations in other places that, that seem helpless. And we see it on social media, we see generations of people uh, in ill mental health and problems are bombarding us from every angle. And the problem with that is that we can be so desensitised by all of this stimulus that we, we, we see need everywhere and the problem is, because there's so much, we feel like we can't do anything about it. 
And we said earlier that maybe our problem isn't necessarily that we're lazy or that we just can't be bothered, but maybe the problem is we just don't know what we can do. But Jesus speaks to us here that we should, when we see need, we should take a moment because we've decided to cross over to give our hearts to situations. Give our hearts to our brothers and sisters' needs. When they say there is a gap or an issue, that we firstly stop for a moment and give our heart to it. The Bible says that if you have no pity, how can the love of Jesus be in that person? Another version, the King James Version, it says, if you shut the bowels of compassion, That's literally what the original language is speaking about, is about a gut-wrenching emotion to something that you see. Your eyes see something and internally you are moved with compassion. It's, It's not just a head thing where you see an issue and you think about it, but it's actually that you feel it. It's this compassion that reaches out to others and puts yourself in their shoes and you feel their problem as though it's your problem and you take on that. The Bible says as Jesus walked through crowds, He didn't just see people, He looked at people. And as He looked at them, the Bible tells us He had compassion on them. It's the same feeling of a gut-wrenching emotion as Jesus walked through crowds of people. He didn't just look at face value, but He saw deeper into their souls. He saw solutions that they thought were helping them out and that He knew that wasn't gonna bring any peace that wasn't going to bring any satisfaction, that isn't going to bring any meaning. Have you ever walked through Manchester City Centre and decided, I'm not just going to see people, I'm going to look at people. And as you look at people, that compassion of Jesus rises in your heart. I'm believing today that we are not just going to hear about God, but we're going to experience the love of God that drives us to reach out to other people, that we would feel the compassion that He feels. May God stir our hearts. May God stir our hearts that we would pray for people, that we wouldn't just say, I've got you, I'm going to pray for you but we would actually drive ourselves to our knees and pray for others. That we would have that gut-wrenching emotion and compassion that we may not be able to bring the whole solution, but we can bring something. We say, I'm not gonna be held back. I've committed to go across the road and my compassion is leading me to do something. I'm not gonna do nothing because I feel the compassion of God in my heart. The third thing is simply a demonstration. We must have a commitment today. We commit to cross the road. We must experience the pity, the compassion of God, this gut-wrenching internal emotion that drives us, thirdly, to demonstrate the love of God. Verse 18 of 1 John 3, it says, let us not love with words or speech, 
not with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. See, the danger is that we have become a generation that are armchair experts. We know the solutions to every problem. We know that we should be government advisors. We know that we should, if everybody gave the responsibility of the world to us, we would make such a big difference. And we're all backseat drivers and armchair experts. And yet we've come so low in our physical response. We've got to make a decision that we're going to take a first step. We've got to cross the road. We've got to do something. Proverbs 3, 27, 28. Do not withhold good from those to whom it's due when it's in your power to act. Don't say to your neighbour, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. James 2, 15 to 17. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, it's dead. We've got to be people of demonstration. We make a decision, we see across the road. We made a decision on Sunday the 14th of May that we're going to commit to laying our lives down, being a living sacrifice to cross over the road. We've committed today. We're prepared. When we see needs, we're going to do something about it. We've made a decision today that we're going to allow not just to see need, but we're going to look at need. And we're going to allow the love of God to fill us, to have a compassion, a deep conviction in our hearts, allow it to have that gut-wrenching emotion within us. And we're going to decide to demonstrate it. Maybe we can't do everything. One, in Acts chapter 3, we see Peter and John who are on the other side of the road. And thank God on this day, they weren't like the priest or like the Levite. They made a decision when they saw the need. They'd committed, they had compassion. And thank God that they crossed the road. They crossed the road to the beggar. But thank God they also weren't frozen out by what they didn't have. Remember their words in Acts chapter three, silver or gold, we don't have it. In fact, this story would have been a lot different if they did have silver and gold. They would have just given them a few coins and been on their way. But this day, it was what they didn't have. That was the miracle that this person actually needed. The miracle of God is often what we don't have, not what we do have. Because silver and gold, if we have that, God is wanting to go beyond all that we can do. And He wants to bring His solution that brings Him glory. And silver and gold was only gonna bring glory to man, but it's a miracle of healing that was gonna bring glory to God. And so we've gotta make a decision. I'm not gonna be frozen out by the silver and gold I don't have. But in the Name of Jesus, I say to you, generation, let's get up and walk. Get up and walk. I'm gonna be praying for you because I believe there's a supernatural miracle that's not found 
in what I do have is found in what I don't have. And the people in your workplace are waiting for those moments. There's moments around the kettle and they're not looking for a cup of tea. That may be the need that presented itself, but they're waiting for that story that you've got about why you live with purpose beyond nine to five. That's what they're waiting for. The miracle is not in the silver and gold that you've got. It's in the healing that you can bring. Let's make a decision today. Let's allow our hearts to be stirred by God. Coming along the rows right now, some buckets and in the bucket, we've got these cards. These cards, three friends prayer cards. Three friends prayer cards. And in a moment, what we're gonna do, we're all gonna write, as soon as you get this card, I want you to commit. I want you to have compassion. I want you to think about who are three friends that I'm gonna commit to be praying for in this season. Over the next few months, I'm gonna be praying for these three people. I'm gonna commit to cross over whenever I see them. I'm gonna allow my prayers to allow the love of God to so fill me that I have compassion for all of the needs of these three people. And I'm also gonna commit to demonstrate the love of God in action with these three people. These people could be people that you are only currently in acquaintance with, that you know their name and that's about it. But you're feeling God is putting them on my heart. Write them on the card right now. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.